0: With All Wisdom, where we are applying biblical truth to everyday life. My name is Derek Brown, and I'm here today with Cliff McManus. We are both pastors and elders at Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino, California, and professors at the Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary in Vallejo, California. And today we have a special guest in the studio who we look forward to talking to in just a moment. But before I get to our guest and our topic for today, I want to remind you to check out withallwisdom.org where you will find a large and growing collection of written and audio resources that are all aimed at helping you grow in real Christian maturity, rooted in God's Word, and focused on applying the truth, not just knowing the truth. Now on today to today's guest. His name is Bob Douglas, and he's actually a fellow pastor with us here at Creekside. He's our executive pastor, and he really is the one who keeps everything working around here and looking excellent and functioning well. We just completed a multi-phase construction project at our church that has greatly improved our office space, our worship center, our classrooms, and our gathering area outside the worship center, and Pastor Bob oversaw the entire project, even doing a fair amount of work himself. Bob is husband of 32 years to Robin, and uh, he is dad to three grown children. And uh, But among the many responsibilities that you have at CBC, Bob, you also oversee missions, So we want to ask you a few questions about your work in overseeing missions and your active participation in missions, and then get you to talk about our philosophy of missions here at CB. So first off, what missions efforts is our church currently involved in?
1: We have a number of different efforts going on, a couple of them internationally, Christ to India and IBEX uh, are two of the biggest ones, Um, Hope House which is a boys' orphanage in uh, Guadalajara, Mexico, or outside of Guadalajara, Mexico. We have some short-term stuff going on this summer. We have a group headed to Utah um, uh, as well. The Christ to India and Ibex, those are ones that are focused on pastoral training, which is one of our biggest efforts, uh, helping the multiplying effects, training pastors uh, so that they can multiply, obviously, within their area. Uh, In India, we're in the southeast region of India there with about uh, roughly 120 pastors that are a part of that, so 120 small churches. And IBEX is the Institute of Biblical Expositors in Honduras. Boy, they have a huge reach uh, throughout Central America and South America, um, teaching and training pastors as well. So those are our our biggest ones. And I shouldn't forget about local missions effort with – Cornerstone well Cornerstone as a seminary for sure uh, we, I mean you already mentioned you and Cliff are um, board members there mm-hmm. um, or uh, you, on the board on staff there uh, but I was I was uh, struggling for the name real options yeah of course uh, the fight for life mm-hmm. uh, and our church backs that as well
2: yeah let me clarify on ibex because that might be a familiar term. it's an acronym used in other agencies and missions organizations. Actually, the Master's College or University has an IBEX and has had that since the 1980s. And that's their Institute to Israel, and they call it IBEX, which is based on um, an indigenous animal that actually lives in Israel. An IBEX is called. That is no relation to the IBEX you're talking about, and that's our ministry to training pastors in Honduras.
0: Yes, thank you for the clarification. Uh, Any missions organizations that we use here at CBC? You mean, do we use an outside missions organization? Yeah.
1: No.
2: Or let me, ask, let me ask the question this way, which I have uh, has been posed to me several times as a pastor and elder here at our church. They'll say, uh, hey, Pastor Cliff, what missions organization do you guys use? So Pastor Bob is elder over missions at our church. What would you say? What, what missions organization do we use? We don't use
1: any. Mm-hmm. We're not uh, uh, connected with any at this point.
2: Well, I would say we we do use one as the church. The Church of Jesus Christ <laughs> is the greatest missions right. institution ever established. Right. Actually, the only one that Jesus personally established. So that's always my answer. <laughs> what missions organization do we use or institution?
0: Oh, yeah. uh, the church. Yeah, the church. church of Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, We really
0: want to, and that actually relates to talking about philosophy, and that's where we want to camp out with you, Bob, is uh, talking about philosophy. So what is our main philosophy regarding missions here at CBC?
1: Our main philosophy comes right out of Matthew 28, right? The Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples, Mm -hmm. uh, reaching to all nations, baptizing them, training them, teaching them. Uh, So our focus is bringing the gospel to people.
0: Yeah, and I think that's vital to the point that Cliff just made, is that is something that is directed out of the local church. When Jesus established institutions, he didn't establish institutions, he only established an institution, namely the church. And so, making disciples is what the church does, and um, obviously there are parachurch organizations that, that assist in that, can assist the church in that, but we're talking about uh Great Commission flowing out of the local church, fulfilling that through global missions, however we can. And we'll talk more about how we've become involved with different uh, organizations or different uh, churches throughout the world and and uh, missions opportunities throughout the world. But um, that's one thing I wanted you to make clear is that uh, we are fulfilling the Great Commission. At basic, this is what we're talking about when we talk about missions. Yes, fulfilling
1: the Great Commission's focused on the gospel. We do not do – Service-oriented stuff. We're not going down there and building a fence or building a house or doing this. Uh, not connected with people. Um, not not connected, w- you know, and bringing the gospel mm-hmm. and just doing a service project and leaving. That, yeah. that that is not what we do. Though that might be an element of a greater peace, It is nowhere near the focus.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think of like the the orphan and orphans down in um, Guadalajara, the orphanage there, and. We've done things of bringing down gifts and and helping supply them with their uh, needs, but it is always uh, along with the gospel. The gospel is the primary focus, and uh, with that, you do we do help with meeting some of their needs and and blessing them that way. But it is always linked to the gospel and the preaching of the gospel and and discipling these young boys. Exactly, and and, and similarly
1: at uh, Christ to India. Mm-hmm. So we have a number of orphanages there and widows' homes meeting the needs of orphans and widows, which are tremendous uh, in that country. But more than just Americans coming in to establish an orphanage, this is actually done through a local pastor. A local pastor has to have the desire and his church have the desire to host that orphanage and that widow. And we come in, help. And train will it will help build the facility will help to house it, but it needs to be coming out of an outgrowth of their local church's desire, not right. just us yeah. parachuting in.
0: Right. Yeah, that's
2: a really good point. Well, o- over the years we have so Bob's one of our elders, and Pastor Bob's been at our with our church uh, on the leadership team with the elders, fifteen years, and we've had a lot of discussions over the years about among our elders, about missions. What is it? How are we going to approach it? Our philosophy of missions, which is rooted on our theology of missions. And we all agree it's pretty clear that our theology is based on Matthew 28, among other passages, Acts 1-8, where Jesus said, go, John twenty-twenty-one, where Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I also send you. So it's really simple. So, that's, so our philosophy of missions flows out our theology of missions and that uh, passage above that you quoted is key for us it's foundational matthew 28 also known as the great commission mm-hmm. so when people ask you what's your philosophy or theology of missions it really is isn't it synonymous with the great commission
1: yes absolutely and i think i learned from you the verb in that great commission is the word make make disciples go out and do it that's the that's the action
2: um and that you know
1: that so that's the essence of what we're trying to do right and
2: in light of that so What is your missions, theology, and philosophy at your church? Well, it's what Jesus said, and that is the Great Commission, and the heart of the Great Commission is make disciples. That's the command, and then we see it illustrated for 28 chapters in the book of Acts. Mm. The command in Matthew 28, the modeling by Peter and Paul and the apostles in the whole book of Acts, and really you could summarize it, two main principles, um, what true biblical missions is. It has to be rooted in the gospel, Mm -hmm. the proclamation of the gospel, it also has to be rooted in the local church, Mm -hmm. flowing to the church or flowing from the church. And that's pretty much been our rock bed foundation of how we do missions at our church, right?
1: Yes. Amen.
2: Yeah.
0: So I think that's a good segue into, and we can kind of go back and forth between these questions, but a good segue into asking, as you have been interacting with other churches, other pastors from other churches – rubbing shoulders with them, talking to them about their missions, just kind of viewing things from a high level, maybe even reading books from different pastors who talk about these things. How would you say our philosophy or practice of missions here at CBC is different than a lot of other churches you've engaged with?
1: Interestingly enough, and it was a surprise to me uh, when I first engaged with other pastors, is to find out that so many other Pastors of churches do not engage directly. They don't go. Mm. They don't go and train. There was a time where we were reaching out to some other pastors that we knew. So they're from the same theological plane. They're from the same understanding of Scripture that we come from to come along with us in some of these mission efforts. And oddly enough, it it was much more difficult than I thought it would be. And you come to find out that that's just not part of what they do. Mm. They don't go. Uh, they tell their people about uh, things. They're, they connect with other mission societies and other missions groups and have people in that tell them, and then they'll give some financial support. But they don't engage, which I just find um, surprising. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I found that surprising, too, that it's like many other churches. They don't do missions. They participate in missions or – they say they support it by just writing a check. Sure, But hands-on doing it, that – I also found that to be a rare thing.
0: Any – Cliff or Bob, any reason why you think that might be the case? Why that kind of attitude or culture has developed within some churches? Uh, I, I think it's, it's both push and
1: pull. There are many organ, mission organizations yeah. out there. And of course, some of them do great work Mm -hmm. and they have formalized everything they need to be in the field. Right. And so what they need is fuel, right? They need the money to go, could to go do it. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. I mean, I understand that. Um, And that's not to disparage that, that, that formula. It's just, you're missing something by not being there. Yeah. And you're, you're also missing the opportunity to engage your people, Mm -hmm. One of the things, one of the very first things that we did in 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 reaching out and starting mission group, uh, mission stuff, was a Hope House in Guadalajara, Mexico, and this is a, a boys' orphanage. And the story of the start of that orphanage and everything is just just amazing, seeing the change that it has brought to those boys' lives, hearing the stories yeah. of of where they come from, right, But it was a great short term missions opportunity. People from our church can go down there the couple of times a year that we go at in the summer at Christmas, engage and see and touch and feel and see it yeah um and by pastors not leading that way, I think it it, it falls short for people to really understand. It allows the, the world to become very, very close, right? All they see is where their community is and everything is, you know, on TV or a screen somewhere versus really having a tangible touch.
0: Um, so it sounds like one of the key differences you would point out is that uh, he, at CBC we have pastors who are actively involved not only in supporting these missions, efforts, and by encouraging our people to, but actually being actively involved. And you, you two have gone over to, like you mentioned, Christ to India. You've been over to India collectively. How many times would you say? It's five. I
1: think it's five times. At it's least. Five or six times. Yeah. Uh,
2: to piggyback on what Pastor Bob just said of, of why a lot of churches aren't hands-on, uh, it may be that that's, that's hard work. Because our ministry to India is training local pastors in India. And so, you know, some of our elders actually go to India. Mm -hmm. It's a long, tiring plane ride. We go into the villages and travel all over. And it's risky in terms of the travel that we do there once we get to India. So it's arduous work, um, but we need to be hands on training these pastors, these local Indian pastors. So it's a lot easier. I've actually been a part of pastoral staff and team at other churches where they boasted of having a huge and massive influential missions program, and they say, oh, we're, we support uh, 53 missionaries around the world. And really all they're doing is they're just sending money and writing mm-hmm. checks, mm-hmm. and there's never any boots on the ground from people at the church right. doing the work of missions. So that's, those are two completely, totally different paradigms. One is is hands-on in yeah. the trenches, yeah. uh, the leaders of the church, your local pastors, and also providing opportunities for your members to go on those trips as well and actually serve and evangelize versus kind of being a spectator and just sending money. Yeah, How do, Sorry, go ahead,
1: Bob. Well, I was going to add to the point, you hear a lot of people now talk about, well, why not Skype, Zoom? You can do training all over the world very easily that right. way. And uh, yes, that's true, but the majority of the people that we reach to in India don't even have electricity, right. let alone um, the ability to have the internet. Right. So, We're going into places, and the world needs that. Mm -hmm. We're going into places that that kind of technology doesn't work.
0: Yeah, you already alluded to it, and I want to see your guys' thoughts on this. How do you think that changes a, a pastor's perspective when he is engaged at a boots on the ground level in missions? How does that change his perspective towards missions as a whole? Would you say?
1: Well, it for me, it changed my perspective. It did change my perspective in missions, but it probably made a greater impact on our church culture, mm. right? Of how we view not only our own church worship and um, the needs of our own church, but to communicate that and involve the body. So the body is not going to be going in a short term mission trip to India, but. By the body being involved in other short-term missions, mm-hmm. they but m- much more understand right. what we're seeing and doing in these other areas. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, does that answer your question? Yeah, Cliff, do you have Yeah. Some?
2: One of the things that I tell our people that was shared with me, someone very wise when I was a young Christian, is if you actually can go on a short-term missions trip, it provides you with a unique cross-cultural experience as a Christian. And you become a world Christian, yeah. not just an ethnocentric parochial, localized, narrow-minded Christian. So when I started having opportunities to go do missions in Ghana, uh, St. Petersburg, Russia, Mexico, India, uh, Honduras, it just opened my eyes that uh, Jesus Christ, John chapter 4, he's the Savior of the world and of the nations of the world. And then that that changed my entire paradigm and way of thinking about certain things, of being really – Ethnocentric in a lot of things, Um, and I hear pastors today who will say things dogmatically from a very narrow perspective, and and my thought is, I don't think that guy's ever been anywhere outside this country as a Christian. All he understands is the European, white, Anglo, English kind of post-Reformation small world of Christianity, which has zero application to some Indian – pastor who speaks Telugu in some hut with no electricity, right. where I've been, on the other yeah. side of the world, who loves Jesus mm-hmm. and knows Scripture. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know, and he doesn't care who the refer- Reformers were right. or their confessions. Right. And he doesn't have to know them. He's no. got a Bible.
1: yeah. In fact, it's so, many times the only thing they have, because yeah. there's so few ref- uh, uh, other references and other things yeah, for other them. other resources. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, that's really help, helpful and that's exactly what I wanted you to touch on is how does this change a, a pastor for the better I think it's in, in the change like you said change a church culture change a pastor for better improve his preaching his ministry here at his local church helping um, inculcate a real uh, love for missions and a, a right view towards missions and like you said being a global Christian that's really a helpful phrase
1: yeah, I find it amazing how many times Cliff is weaving some of that experience into his weekly preaching, right? Because of the perspective that that brings from all over the world, and hearing, you know, when you're talking about issues of the day, right. so we're talking about any of the current issues of the day. Not to give a, a list, the the input that they get from other cultures, so it, it just it is
0: amazing. So. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts you want to help? People to understand just this this view towards missions, this philosophy towards missions that we have uh, at CBC that we think would be helpful helpful for people to consider yeah, pondering.
2: I I would just want to encourage pastors out there in local churches to just keep going back to the biblical model of missions, which is really it's simple. Yeah, it's the Great Commission. It's about proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and establishing churches. Actually, that is the ultimate goal of missions. Mm-hmm. Get the gospel. That's what Paul did. It's modeled in Acts chapter 28. It's it's nothing more sophisticated than that. Preaching the gospel, see God bring people together and then establish a church. That's the fulfillment of missions, really, right. of making disciples. And uh, that's why the, the local church uh, has to be at the heart of true missions, which sets us apart or the biblical model from just strictly parachurch organizations yeah. uh, that are not rooted or connected. In any significant way with a local church, and that's not even in their purview or their yeah. goal, then, yeah. then that means they don't have a biblical view of missions. It's really, it really is the case, uh, and this
0: would go into a different conversation altogether. But it's an important point to make that we'd already touched on it. But when it comes to institution, that institutions that Christ has established, the church is the institution He is that He has established, and every other institution, like a parachurch organization, is a derivative. Uh, entity. It's not the original entity, the church is. And so, if you are a so-called parachurch organization, then you should be built around serving the local church. So, at the very least, we would, I think, would like to see that these big uh, missions organizations would reframe their own philosophy of assisting local churches to do missions according to the Great Commission, and uh, to see themselves as a derivative entity, not the original, and the ones that are helping and assist the local church and making their focal point, the local church rather than doing things unto themselves and creating their own large organizations without reference. I mean, I, I recently did that. I went through a number of various parachurch organizations, read their mission statements and few, I think like out of all them, maybe 5% of that I looked at had any reference at all to the local church. Mm. And uh, so that's that's for another podcast, but it does tie to missions, and I'm glad you brought that up. yeah Cliff. Just I guess yeah, one but... last
1: comment, piggybacking on something Cliff said, is it's so easy to get involved around time, right? As a as a as a pastor, there are a thousand things vying for your time, mm-hmm. and, and it's like if I've never done that, how in the world can I add that to my plate? Yeah. And I would just say it has to be an issue of priority, yeah. and even if you have to go out 18 months, make a plan. Uh, it's invaluable. And I would just encourage that.
0: Great. Well, thanks for joining us, Bob. It was fun to chat with you over these uh, great topics, and hopefully, we'll inviting me. Absolutely, we'll have you back sometime, and maybe talk about parachurch organizations. (laughs) Your thoughts on that? So, again, we thank you for listening in. uh, at With all wisdom, where we are applying biblical truth to everyday life. Again, just another reminder to go to withallwisdom.org. We have all of our written and audio resources there, including these. Episodes, and we encourage you to check those out. And until next time, keep seeking the Lord in His Word.